0: May my hands be holy when I kneel in prayer. May my life be holy when I praise. Help me, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days. May I serve with honor in the role you've given me. And may I never go beyond my place. As I serve my Savior and I give you praise. Help me follow the truth and I'll be saved. May my hands be holy when I kneel in prayer. May my life be holy when I praise. Tell me, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days.
1: What is a disciple? Now, I mean, we hear about being a disciple all the time. We are called disciples, but what does it actually mean? If you were to look up the word disciple, you would find likely a definition something like a student. But I would say to you that that doesn't exactly fit it very well because instantly when we start thinking about a student, we think about students in the classroom and one teacher and teaching us these, these different facts and, and things like that. That's what we kinda oftentimes will think about when we think of a student. However, a student in the times of the Bible was very different. Uh, it would be like someone learning a certain skill Like, you know, there could be a few things that you would have students that would be similar to that. Um, Like, you know, some type of, uh, maybe if it's a student of music or a student of art, something like that. I kind of think that those are a little closer to what a disciple is because you're kind of imitating and you're learning the things that the teacher is teaching you. Whereas, you know, our idea of sitting in a classroom and just listening to facts and trying to remember facts, that's not really what a disciple is. What a disciple is it's somebody who actually does something like if you were to have a music student but they never actually played an instrument or never like put into practice what they were learning um that's not really a student it's just someone who's you know learning information but you've got to put it into practice and that is what is at the heart of being a disciple of jesus it's not enough just to sit there and just listen and say oh well that sounds great no you have to do something about it And what I want us to do, instead of really just giving you a definition for what a disciple is, I want us to see several different passages that show us what a disciple is, demonstrate something about being a disciple. Now, I do want to throw at you just kind of a few quick things that a disciple is. A disciple is a follower. We get this from Luke chapter 6, verse 40. We see that Jesus says in the Sermon uh, on the Mount, or, uh, well, Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount in Luke 6 verse 40 Jesus says the student is not above the teacher but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher see th- this talks about how we are supposed to be a follower and after we are fully trained we're going to be like a teacher that's why it would be like learning a skill today so a disciple is a follower and whenever you're going to be like your teacher our teacher is Jesus well think about that what does it mean to be like Jesus That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus. Also, we see that Jesus himself considers his disciples family. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 through 50, we read this account. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Well, he considers his disciples to be his family. That's why he points to his disciples, those people who are around him. And he says, here are my brothers. Here are my mother and my sisters. And, and he says that in verse 50, that whoever does the will of my, my father, this is what it means about us being a family. When you are a disciple of Jesus, you are part of the family of God. You are part of the family of Jesus. We also see that being a disciple, it means in some kind of strange way, being a fisherman. Now, I'm not talking about a fish. I'm talking about a fisherman of people. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus actually calls some of his followers right here. So this is kind of um, whenever they start to receive this call and they decide to follow Jesus but Jesus teaches them something. Now, yes, by trade they were fishermen, but listen to what he teaches these fishermen. Luke chapter five, verses one through seven. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you have said so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners to the other boat and come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Verses 8 through 11 now. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So this is how a disciple is being a fisherman. Now we see from this statement in verse ten, Jesus says, "Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people." That's what it means about being a fisherman, being a follower of Jesus is fishing for people. It means that yes, they learned this trade, and which, by the way, they were a disciple of of uh, their uh, well, uh, James and John. Um, they were a disciple of their their father. They learned the family trade. It goes to to reason that. Uh, that Simon Peter also learned the family trade as well of being a fisherman. That's one of those things that you you imitate and you do the same things that, you know, your father and your teacher was doing before you. And Jesus uses that that teaching ability right there about becoming a fisherman, about knowing how to fish, where to fish, you know, how to be able to take care of the fish once you get them and and how to take care of the nets, mend the nets and and do all of those things. You know, most of which I don't have any clue about how to do because I've not been trained like that these men had been trained like that and Jesus says don't be afraid from now on you will fish for people their priorities are gonna change their perspectives going to change what they're going to do is going to be changing they are going to have to learn from a new teacher this new teacher is Jesus and he's going to teach them the ways uh, of the Lord the ways to follow and you know I want us to now kind of dive into this this phrase that Jesus uses he tells them don't be afraid Well, that phrase about don't be afraid, it's actually connected many times with being a disciple because let's face it, the world and the powers that be, whether they be powers of earth or powers of heaven, we see that they might be kind of scary. You know, being a a disciple can be a little scary, but also being a disciple of the Lord, it can bring great comfort to us. And we see that we have to be active. We have to be engaged in this. We have to do something about this. And whenever that is the type of disciple that we are then we see that we don't need to be afraid and we're going to look at another passage now we're going to see some other things that jesus teaches his disciples and we're going to learn a lot um, about what it means to be a disciple and how we don't need to be afraid of of some of these things that we might face here uh, on earth now we're going to switch gospels to matthew chapter 10 and i want you to notice as jesus Uh, speaks to his disciples what he teaches them and in turn what he's also teaching us because we need to become more and more like our teacher. So let's listen to our teacher, Jesus. Matthew 10, verses 17 through 23. Jesus says, Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and, and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, Do not worry about what you will say or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So these are the words that Jesus speaks to the disciples that were before him. And these are words we desperately need to hear today. Being a disciple of of Jesus, it can be a dangerous thing to do. But it's also something that we all must do. We see that, yes, people might hate us. People might despise us. People might have great problems with what We do, because we are following Jesus. Keep in mind, what did they do to Jesus? They crucified him. But we also have this promise in verse 22. The one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Won't that be a great day? Whatever persecutions, whatever hardships, whatever trials we might have to endure and might have to face in this life, we have this promise that the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. We don't need to be afraid. We need to be on our guard, though. Continuing now in the next couple of verses, verses 24 and 25 of Matthew 10, Jesus continues and he says, the student is not above the teacher nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? Keep this verse in mind. I think it's so important. This goes back to like, you know, what I just said about Jesus. What did they do to Jesus? They crucified him. Well, the student, us disciples, we're not above our teacher. We're not above Jesus. If they mistreated Jesus, if they said false things against Jesus, if they crucified Jesus, why do we expect to be treated better? We should not expect to be treated better. We see in verse 25, Jesus said, It is enough for a student to be like their teachers. Can we become like Jesus? Can we become like our teacher? Well, that's what it means to be a disciple. It means that that's our goal. That's, that's our, our challenge in life, is to be like Jesus. Be like our teacher. Also recognize that, yes, they mistreated him. If they do that to him, what are they going to do to us? Well, we've already seen several things that, that uh, they, they might be facing, similar type things we might be facing today. But Jesus still tells us, don't be afraid of all these things. Just keep being a student. Keep being a student of our teacher, Jesus. Now, Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 through 33. Jesus continues and he says, So do not be afraid of them. Talking about what he just said. You know, if they mistreated the head of the house and called him Beelzebub, what are they going to do to the rest of the household? So don't be afraid of them. For there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak. In the daylight what is whispered in your ear proclaim from the roofs do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell are not two sparrows sold for a penny yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered so don't be afraid you're worth more than many sparrows Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Now we see so many of these statements about being a disciple, being a student of Jesus. We're told to not be afraid of all of these things that can be kind of scary, actually. You know, several of those things that that Jesus just mentioned. They can be scary, but don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the people who do those types of things. Why are we not supposed to be afraid? Well, because these things that are hidden, they are going to be revealed. What's he talking about? I think he's talking about, and many passages speak about this in the New Testament, about this mystery that had been concealed in times past, but it's revealed right now. It's all connected to the gospel. And the gospel message is how we are all invited to be a follower of Jesus. The things that were once heard and just whispered into our ears, we need to proclaim from the tops of roofs now. We need to be people who spread the gospel message. Verse 28, once again, do not be afraid of those people who they can just affect your body. No, we we don't need to be afraid of those types of people. He does talk a little bit about fear, but notice that all of it comes back to how we don't need to be afraid because our Father cares for us. And we don't need to be afraid, in verse 31, because we are worth uh, more than many sparrows. If God takes care of the sparrows, and, and I want you to think about that the next time that you, you see sparrows out uh, out and about it, uh, and around uh, your house, perhaps. Think about how God takes care of them. And then think about how God also takes care of you. Most certainly, if he can take care of the birds of the air, you. Whatever need you might have, whatever whatever hardship you might be going through, Jesus can bring you through it, just like He does with the sparrows. And I really want you to pay attention to verse 32 and 33. It's so so wonderful and kind of a, a great promise that we can that that we can hold dear. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown my Father in heaven. So can we boldly acknowledge Jesus before others so that we in turn will also be acknowledged before our heavenly father in heaven by Jesus? I want us to, to look at one final passage about being a disciple. And it's kind of this final call that, that we have. We, we see all these things that can be scary things for us following uh, Jesus, but we don't need to be afraid of them. We need to, to stand firm. We need to be on our guard. We need to be aware, but not afraid. And at the end of Matthew's Gospel, we've been spending a bit of time in Matthew's Gospel, and at the very end of of that, in Matthew chapter 28, we get what's called the Great Commission. And it actually speaks of disciples and teaches us something that I think is a lesson we desperately need to hear, listen to, and obey today. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Keep in mind, this is after Jesus has already uh, been, been crucified, He's already been buried. He's already raised from the dead. This is literally the end of the gospel. And Jesus comes to them, having already conquered death, and this is what he says. Then Jesus came to them, his disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the the promise. This is the commission that the disciples were given. And this is also the the commission that we've been given as well. This is kind of a, a command that we've been given that we need to be desperately doing today as well. We need to be people who are disciples who are going to be making more disciples. We have this call in verse 19 to go and make disciples of all nations. We need to make disciples in our own nation. We need to make disciples of other nations. We need to be making disciples of all these people around us. We need to teach them so that they can become followers of Jesus as well. Are we listening to this message that Jesus has proclaimed? Are we becoming more and more like our teacher, Jesus? That's what it means to be a disciple. I hope that we can continue to find ways, more and more ways, to become more and more like Jesus Christ.
0: Why such a gift came down to me when all around was lost. He changed my life, he made me whole, he paid my bitter cost. The last command my Savior gave just before he had to part. The great commission starts in the heart. Great Commissions Commission, it starts here with me. The Great Commission is what